And so as you turn to Ephesians chapter 6, let's finish this well, shall we? Let's lean forward. Let's, let's grab ourselves and say, hey, we are alive in Christ. And this word is alive in us. And the spirit of God is giving us understanding and a heart to worship God with all of our minds. So engage your mind. Get a Bible. Open it. Pay attention. God is speaking. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 21 in God's word. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Now the Apostle Paul is writing to a bunch of Christians in Ephesus, modern day Turkey. Paul's in jail in Rome because of the faith. He's writing to them. So he's saying to them, guys, so that you may also know how I am and what I'm doing. Tychicus, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. The title of today's message is, Where is Tychicus? Where is Tychicus? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would pour out your spirit upon me to preach your word. I pray that you would engage every heart by your spirit supernaturally, beyond our natural abilities to focus and concentrate and process information, that your spirit would illuminate your word. We are alive in Christ because you made us alive. We were formerly dead in our sins, in our rebellion, in our pride, in our arrogance. And you came and sought us, and you made us alive. So may your living word come by your spirit and teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Where is Tychicus? First question you should be asking is, okay, Pino, Forget about where Tychicus is. Who is Tychicus? Well, let's talk about Tychicus. Isn't that a great name? Let's just all say it together. Tychicus. Kind of makes you feel good, doesn't it? Kind of tickles your mouth, your tongue. So who is Tychicus? What defines Tychicus? If we're asking where is he, who is he? Well, Tychicus is a messenger from Paul. We see that in the very first verses there where Paul says, my beloved brother, I'm going to send you this guy. He's a faithful minister. Tychicus would be kind of a special envoy of Paul. Now, elsewhere in the Bible, in the book of Acts, let me take a moment here to give you a little view of what's coming. We are going to spend a year studying the book of Acts. We're going to start that in August, the very first Sunday in August. The last couple of Sundays in July, we're going to preach on the, on the church. We're going to kind of take a little, little segue from the book of Ephesians on the church, Christ community, into Acts, which is the church in action, which is really the Holy Spirit coming and then saying, okay, church, go. 
We're going to spend a year doing that starting in August. But in between, we're going to talk about the church. And so we want to just encourage you to purchase this commentary in the book of Acts. Remember, you're building a library. You're taking money and you're spending it on things that are really worth it. Things that are really going to be able to encourage you. And so this is a good uh, commentary on the book of Acts. It's by John Stott in the Bible Speaks Today series. It's a good uh, working man's uh, kind of uh, commentary on Acts. And it's called The Message of Acts. So once you purchase that, if you need us to help you get that, just talk to Bentley. We'll start that the first Sunday in August. But, but we find out in Acts 20, verse 4, that Tychicus was probably from Asia. He was probably from this very city uh, of Ephesus. He's probably from this region. We also learn when we look at the book of Acts that he probably journeyed with Paul on his third missionary journey. And he went with Paul to Greece. He went with Paul all over the, sort of the Mediterranean world. He was one of the guys, we learned this from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. He's one of the guys that went with Paul to Jerusalem to bring an offering to the saints in Jerusalem who were poor and starving. So the churches in Asia, all through the Mediterranean, they, they received an offering and they brought it to the brothers and sisters in the church in Jerusalem. And we also see that sort of at, Paul, at the end of Paul's life, he's, he's going to send Tychicus and another guy named Artemis to Crete, an island in the Mediterranean, to, uh, to really take Titus's place. If you look at the book of Titus, okay, that book, Titus was a pastor in Crete, an, an island in the Mediterranean. So it looks like at the end of Paul's life, he's going to send this trusted man, this guy Tychicus, to go take Titus's place, to go be a pastor there in, in Crete. So really, who is Tychicus? He's, he's a colleague of Paul's. But... Verse 21 describes him even deeper than that. Look at at verse 21 again with me. Tychicus, the beloved brother. He's, He's a beloved brother. The faithful minister in the Lord. He's he's a faithful minister. He's a beloved brother. He's a co-worker. He's a man who can be trusted. He's a man who is defined by something that is different than the rest of the world. Because see, when you ask who Tychicus is, we can give you the data, where he was born, what he did. But who is he? Well, what defines him? What makes him, pardon the pun, tick? What motivates Tychicus? Thank you. What motivates Tychicus? What are his priorities? And we see that his priorities. Tychicus is a man who is defined primarily by his relationship with Jesus Christ and his relationship with Christ's church. What makes him tick, what defines him, his passion is Christ and his church. He's a guy that says, you know what? Jesus made me alive and I am Christ's, therefore I'm going to serve Christ's body. What defines me is Christ Jesus. I'm no longer the old man, but I am the new man in Christ. And if Christ defines me, then his body, I'm going to serve his body, the church. What defined this guy? What made this guy do what he did? What caused him to get up every morning? What gave him joy was the church. It was Christ. But because he's Christ, he loves the church for whom Christ gave his life. 
So you're starting to start to get it. Where's Tychicus? Where are the men and women who are defined by Jesus and love his church? Like Tychicus loved the church. I, 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 think, I think someone comes to mind immediately. And, and it's Corey Smidgen. Corey's on vacation. Corey right now is standing at 13,000 feet with the wind blowing in his face. Literally. He took his son to climb a mountain peak in Colorado. So we're praying he's not hanging off a cliff somewhere. <laughs> but he's standing on the cliff. But, but I think of Corey Smidgen. Um, as you all know, my, my mother had a serious accident and uh, about a month and a half ago, a month ago. And I can tell you now, hopefully it's, it doesn't bother you too much that I didn't tell you all of these details, but, it, but at one point, um, my brother and sister and I were called to the hospital and we were asked to make some difficult decisions about mom. And Without going into a lot of detail, we, we, we were starting to talk about well, what kind of funeral we'd have for mom. And uh, thank the Lord those days are over. It's a miracle that mom's alive. That comes from nurses and doctors. In fact, yesterday I watched her in rehab. It was great. But obviously I'm sharing this with my friend Corey and I'm just relating and <laughs> saying, man, we, we're talking about you know, funerals. And uh, so somehow as we were talking about that, we just got to talking about, guys, are you ready? It was me, Bentley, and Corey. We were having lunch at Corey's favorite place, Taco Bell. (laughs) Talk about suffering for Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So we were just talking about our funerals what we would want done at our funerals. And these guys are young guys. I'm an older guy. We're talking about, are you ready? And drawing Corey out about his life. And I respect him so much. He's a great planner. And I said, what, what have you done practically, Corey? And, and so just it shocked me to find out that he's already purchased uh, two cemetery plots. For, for he and, and Cindy. You know where he purchased them? In Miami Lakes. Vista Memorial. I just looked at him, I thought, this is a Tychicus. This, this is a guy, he's not from here. He loves the mountains, he loves the West Coast. He's a, he's, a, he's a West Coast guy. He's a California, Washington State, Oregon, in the mountains. But he loves Christ, and he loves his church, and he's going to live and die here serving his church. Whew. That moved me, man. That moved me. This earth is a passing through place for Corey, and he's defined not by where he grew up or where he was born or even what he might prefer. He's defined by Christ and his church.
See, see the driving question of this text is, where is Tychicus? That's the question that must drive us through this text. And when we, when we ask that question, we, we have to see who he is and what defines his life and what does he live for? What's his passion? And when we see that, and we must see that first, out of that then comes what does Tychicus do? And that's the next question. What, what does Tychicus do? What, if, if he's defined by Christ and a love for Christ, and a love for his church, and he's defined by this new life, then what does that mean for what he does? And here's what I believe Tychicus does. A Tychicus does this. He builds the church by encouraging and blessing others in Christ. What does Tychicus do? He builds the church. How does he build the church? He builds it by encouraging and blessing others in Christ. And as we go through the rest of these verses here this morning, we're going to just see it's going to be broken down. How does he encourage the church? How does he bless it? But this is the point I want us to, to hang on. Does this define your life? Where, are, where, are, where is Tychicus? Where is he? Where is she, by the way? He's going to represent us. Where are those who build the church, who are defined by Jesus, they're no longer defined by what the world defines them as, either ethically, ethnically, or socially, or even economically, or even their own dreams, but they've said, my dreams are now Christ's dreams. My dreams, my priorities are God's priorities. I live for the one who died for me. I live for Him. His priorities now are my priorities. I'm a Christian a Christ-like one. I'm alive. And that life in me produces something. And I believe what it produces is one who builds the church by encouraging and blessing others in Christ. Where's Tychicus? Where are those who live for that? Not just attend it, not just come to get a benefit from it, but live for this. That's the question. That's the question. So, as we explore that question, we're going to see two things. Two main points. And the first main point is that Tychicus is one who encourages the church. If he he lives to build the church by encouraging and blessing it, the first main point is that he encourages the church. This is what Tychicus does. He encourages others in Christ. And so let's drop into the text again. And let's take a look at this text again. Let's take a look at Tychicus, an encourager. Now I want you to think about something for a moment. Tychicus was a pastor. He was an encourager. But I don't think this text is primarily speaking to pastors. I believe it's speaking to all of us that we would be encouragers. We're called to encourage one another's hearts. We're called to go and encourage. Remember, Paul says that Tychicus was encouraging him. He had come to Paul. He was encouraging a guy in prison. 
He's a faithful minister. He's a beloved brother. Listen, faithful ministers and beloved brothers are those that go and visit you in prison. That goes, those that leave their hometown of, of, of Ephesus in Asia, travel 800 miles to Rome, and they travel with you because they're, your, they're not only your partner in the faith, but they're your brother, they're your friend. God used Tychicus to encourage Paul in his difficult circumstances. And what's amazing is that Paul now selflessly sends away the very man that's encouraging him in his imprisonment to go and do the same to the hearts of the Ephesians and actually the Colossians. Both of them are located in this area called the Lycus Valley, which is current-day Turkey, right on the the shore of the Mediterranean. Ephesus, Colossae, two cities very close to each other. And he sent them to provide them encouragement. So how did he do that? Well, number one, he took an interest in them. He took an interest in them. See, Paul says, I want you to go and I want you to take these letters. I want you to take an interest in these folks. I want you to go tell them how we are doing. See that at the end of verse 21? In the Lord will tell you everything. Verse 22, I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are. Friends, the journey from Rome to Ephesus was 800 miles. It's about the same distance from Miami to Meridian, Mississippi. Bentley's hometown. And in the first century, there was no united uh, parcel service. There was no uh, post office, there was no FedEx, certainly no email, no Facebook. See, the only mail service in Rome was for imperial envoys of the government. So, if you had a personal letter and you wanted to send it to somebody, guess how you did it in the first century? You talked a friend into going and taking it with him. So this courier... This is, this is who Tychicus is. Why? Because he's taking an interest in these people. He cares about them. Do you take an interest in people? One of the first things about encouraging others is simply this. Do you take an interest in people? Or are you the kind of person that when you're talking to others, all you do is talk about yourself? Never thinking to ask the simplest questions. I mean, you know, your philosophy is, when you're talking to somebody, you say, listen, listen, friend, I'm tired about, uh, of talking about me right now. Why don't you talk about me for a while? <laughs> Where's Tychicus, who actually says, I'm interested in you. How are you doing? What's going on in your life? Do you take an interest in others? I mean, Tychicus makes this journey of 800 miles. And the way he probably did it was he he sailed across the Mediterranean. From the coast there, from Rome, he sailed across to Ephesus. 800 miles. 
lest you think this would be sort of like a Royal Caribbean Mediterranean cruise of the 21st century? No. Sailing the Mediterranean in the first century was very dangerous. They did not have the navigational tools that we have today. Many, many, many ships sank in the Mediterranean. It was very, very scary. And he gets on that ship and he says, I'm going because I take an interest in somebody. Here's a question for you. Can you take that dangerous journey from your little life into the life of someone else? Can you take that perilous journey to a home group on a Wednesday night through South Florida traffic? Can you take the journey into someone else's life that's very different from you? If you're motivated by the life of Christ, you will. You will. Where's Tychicus? He comes to encourage. And how does he do it? Very simply, folks, by just taking an interest in others. How else does he encourage? By bringing the gospel to them. When you go, when you take an interest to others, you don't just say, hey, how are you? And let's just talk about your life ad infinitum, but then you bring the gospel. That's what Tychicus did. Listen, the guy leaves Rome with the word of God in his pockets. He's got the letter to the Ephesians. He's got the letter to the Colossians. Those two letters were written from prison. They're very similar. If you read Colossians, you read Ephesians, they're they, they, very, very similar. Paul wrote them both to do diff, two different churches that were close by each other. And he, he probably brought also the letter of Philemon. Philemon. So he's got three letters, three books of the Bible, and he's walking, he's got the word of God. Can you imagine that? And he's bringing truth. He's bringing truth. Tychicus brings the gospel to folks. Brings the truth to folks. I was just thinking... Just thinking about sort of the, the, the work that we do in bringing the word of God to one another. That's how we encourage one another. I, I was just thinking of the first three chapters of Ephesians. How that's the word. Tychicus has the gospel and he's bringing the gospel to these people. He's reminding them of the gospel truths. But not only does he bring the gospel to them. He strengthens them in the fight. Where's Tychicus, who when he talks to people, isn't just talking about the things of this world. Oh, sure. It was interesting to see that that Anderson Silva beat Shell Sonnen last night in the UFC 149 fight. Nothing against that. It's interesting that that the Heat, you know, beat uh, the Thunder. It's interesting that I'm following the Olympics and I'm I'm, I'm excited about seeing whether whether we can beat Spain again this year in the Olympics to get the gold medal. Those are all fine things to talk about or whatever you like to talk about. Nothing wrong with that. But do I bring the gospel as well? Do I bring the word of God? And in bringing the word of God, do I bring strength for the fight? Bentley's message last week. Man, Bentley was a Tychicus. When Corey and Bentley went to Cuba in May, 
They brought the book of Ephesians to a bunch of Cuban pastors and they brought the gospel and they brought the strength to fight the spiritual warfare. I think Noah Sedano this morning was Tychicus. I think Genesis was Tychicus. They came up here and they were honest and they said, you know what? I thought it was going to be easy. I love what Genesis said. We all do, don't we? Bentley helped us last week see that. And we get shocked and offended that it's a fight. It'd be like Anderson Silva going into the ring last night against this guy Sonnen and then getting offended that the guy threw a punch at him. It's like, dude, it's a fight. Mixed martial arts fight. Or going to a war and showing up and getting offended because someone's shooting at you. They're trying to kill me. Yes, they are. Because you're in a fight, buddy. Really? I thought Christianity was just go to heaven, everything's cool. No. No. It's go to heaven. That's settled. But everything will be decidedly not cool. Noah, thank you. Genesis, thank you. Thank you. But I, I, just, I just saw these, these, these young people and they spoke well, didn't they? They spoke clearly. They articulated the fight. David, excellent job. You, you articulated well. Bentley, you, even the announcements and how you did it. These are, these are young Tychicus. Tychicai. Okay, let's not even go there. <laughs> These are men and women that are able to speak to us the truth. They bring the gospel and then they talk about the fight and they say, stay in the fight. My own son Joseph, when we talked about it, he was as well telling me how wonderful it it really was. And then he said, Dad, what... He goes, I know better, but what so sometimes can be discouraging is how easily I fall back into the same patterns a week later. And yet, he and I are talking to each other. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. That's what Tychicus does. He says, be strong in the Lord. He preaches the gospel. He says, the strength is not in me, as Genesis said, but it's in the Lord. He reminds us of the gospel. Reminds us of the strength. Well, Tychicus, listen, yesterday, Tychicus, if he would have been with me at my mom's rehab, he would have been doing what my sister and I were doing. As mom stood up. And then... And then and then she began to take those first steps. And tears were going down her face and it was so hard for her. And yet the, the nurses and the rehab folks say the best way to, for her to drive the fluids out of her lungs is to move and to get going. It's going to hurt. And I know your mom's almost 88. It's going to seem almost cruel. But you've got to encourage her to keep going. You've got to encourage her. You can't, you can't baby her. She's got to start doing things for herself. And so she's, she's on this contraption. It's, it kind of helps her get up. And then she's got these rails. And, and the guy is just, and she's taking steps. And, and dear mom, she's got her chin up and she's trying and you know she feels terrible because she she, you know she doesn't look great and and she's a woman of dignity and you know just sort of old school classy woman and she just feels horrible and she's just trying and 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 we just we were were, come on mom come on mom you can do it good job mom all right mom i know this is this isn't easy but this is what you need to do fight fight the good fight you can do it mom you can do it she took 10 steps 10 steps 
But that's what Tychicus does for us every day. Because so many of us are like my mom. We are weakened. We are frail. We've been in accidents. We need rehab. We need spiritual help. And God's going to do it. And we're going to get better. Because Jesus promised it. But we need a Tychicus to say, I know it hurts. I know it's painful. Take the next step. Let's go. Come on. Where's Tychicus? Where is he? Well, not only does he encourage us, he also blesses. And that's the second point here. Tychicus not only encourages, but he blesses. He blesses others. And that's, that's what verses 23 and 24 are. If you want to have a definition of a blessing, the fancy term for that is a benediction. Where you just bless people. I mean, it's a prayer, but it's a blessing. It's kind of both end. Here you find a benediction, a, a blessing at the end of a letter, at the end of a sermon, at the end of this wonderful teaching that God gives his people. He blesses his people. Now, Paul is writing it, but Tychicus is carrying it with him. Who knows? He may have read this. He's probably a preacher. He may have preached this book. Maybe when I get to heaven, I can ask him, how did you preach that thing, Tychicus? What was it like to bring that point home? Tychicus, don't listen to my sermons online, but this is how I preached it. Oh, that's what, oh, good. And what was the response of the Ephesians in the first century when you preached that truth? And he blesses them in verses 23 and 24. Listen to the blessing. Listen to the prayer that Tychicus speaks over God's people. And ask yourself, am I Tychicus? Do I bring blessing? Do I speak God's word? Do I bless others by praying for them and speaking God's blessings over them? Listen to this. Peace be to the brothers. And love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Where is Tychicus? Where is the man and the woman who walks according to what the word says in Ephesians 4.29? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Where's Tychicus? Do we give grace? Or do we find ourselves complaining and moaning and, and criticizing? It's just, just this world of sarcastic, cynical criticism. Turn your radios off. Because that's all you're going to hear. And as we move towards November, you're going to hear it even more. Don't let it infect you. Be discerning. Oh yeah, have an opinion, sure. But do you give grace? Or do you just spew what everybody else spews? Discernment isn't cynicism. Speak grace. Speak blessing. Speak what God says. That's what Tychicus does. And look what, he, look what he says. He says, peace be to the brothers. That's a blessing. It's also a prayer. As a matter of fact, as I'm going through this, I want you to be thinking of the prayer that Bentley preached several weeks ago from chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. In fact, you could take that prayer and print it out and put it right next to this blessing, and you're going to see some things that are very similar here. 
See, what he's saying is peace. The peace that, that, that Tychicus is blessing God's people with, the peace that he's praying for, the peace that he's speaking over God's people, is the very peace that Christ won between us and God. Remember? He is my peace. Remember chapter 2? He broke down the wall of division between us, between Jew and Gentile, between us and God. He brought peace. He's the prince of peace. So speak peace. I have the privilege of being on the Sovereign Grace Ministries board. And as uh, many of you know, that there has been a year of turmoil and a decided lack of peace in our ministry. There have been some legitimate issues that have been surfaced, but there's been a whole lot of stuff that has just been just, just downright nasty. And I had the great privilege this week of sitting with all the pastors of Covenant Life Church, which is one of the main churches that had some legitimate issues. And we had the chance as a board to speak peace to them, and they spoke peace to us. It was glorious. There are still issues. There are still some differences. But it was, it was peace. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Because I have peace with God in Christ Jesus. The blood of, Je- the blood of Jesus has taken away that which would bring the, the wrath of God. That big word propitiation that Bentley used. To propitiate something is to take away the wrath that you deserve. You propitiate it. And it's Jesus' blood. It's his death on the cross that propitiated. Took away God's wrath and brought peace between us and God. So we should have peace with one another. Where's Tychicus? Where's peace today? He speaks love. Verse 23, peace to the brothers and love, and love. Now, I'm going to go back to that prayer. I love this prayer. I'm, I'm memorizing this prayer on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Desi and I walk, and we, we, we quiz each other on verses that we're memorizing. And the older I get, the more quizzing I need. And, uh, and I'm memorizing this verse. But, but listen, listen to this prayer. It's a great prayer. Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees. I'm now in Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened. There's Tychicus. With power. Through his spirit, as Genesis said, not in my own strength, but through the spirit of God in your inner being. How? Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now look, that you being rooted and grounded in love. What is love? Here is love. Not that I love God, but that he loved me and sent his son to be a propitiation for my sins. That's love. God does love. He defines love and it's defined on the cross. And the resurrection of Christ. And so we speak that to one another. God's love that we would be grounded in it. We'd be rooted in it. We may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and breadth and height and depth to know the love of Christ. I mean, that's Paul's prayer in the middle of the book and it's the benediction at the end of the book and it reaches us 21 centuries later. Oh, that we would speak love and faith over one another. Where's Tychicus? The book ends with grace. Do you know that the book of Ephesians begins with grace? God's sovereign grace, God's electing grace, God's sanctifying grace. The grace of God is Christ Jesus. He's appeared. And it ends with grace. 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 Look at verse 24. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ and with love incorruptible. He speaks grace over them. Ephesians 4.29, he speaks an appropriate word. Where's Tychicus? 
Do you speak grace? Do I speak grace? God calls us to speak grace. And and this grace, it's amazing. It's a grace with a love incorruptible. It's a grace that is rooted in eternity. The the Greek construction in this last verse has this sense of of eternality. This this sense of unlimited depth. The sense of it's going to go on and on and on. What it's talking about is in in the not yet of today and my sin and your sin in a world that's not so nice, I'm going to speak the grace of the already. I'm going to speak the fullness of Christ to people who still need to become the fullness of Christ. I need to speak the sanctification of being like Jesus to people who still need to change a lot to be like Jesus. It's taking the end and speaking it now. Because in Jesus, it is ours. It's grace. It's grace. Where's Tychicus? Where is he? Here's the good news, friends. Tychicus is here. Tychicus is here because the ultimate Tychicus is Christ Jesus. He traveled a distance far greater than from Rome to Ephesus, far greater than any distance you could ever think of to take an interest in God's people, to bring the gospel to God's people. He is the gospel. To strengthen God's people to fight by his power, to pray for God's people, and to speak God's blessing over God's people. Where's Tychicus? He's here. It's Jesus. He's the ultimate Tychicus. He came from heaven to earth. To encourage us. To bless us. Those who are cursed appropriately because of their sin. He comes to bless and to take their curse. Who's the ultimate faithful minister? Who's the ultimate beloved brother? It's Jesus. But oh friends. Jesus, our great Tychicus, calls us to follow his example and to be Tychicus. As I was sent from the Father, as Tychicus was sent from Paul, so I'm sending you today to one another that you would cross the great distance from your little life to someone else's life. That you would make that call, that you would make that visit, that you would invite that person to your house this summer in July. That you would make the, you would take that trip that for some of us is greater than the trip from Rome to Ephesus to get out of your little world and get into someone else's world could be on a Wednesday night at home group. It could be on a Friday morning in racquetball. It could be on a Thursday night in Aikido. It could be, you, you name it. It could be fill in the blank. Take the trip. Be Tychicus. What's God saying to us? I believe this, this final phrase right here. Here's God's, here's God's call in our lives. Encourage one another as Christ has encouraged you. I mean, just see God's finger here behind my head, a a, a heavenly finger pointing at you and saying, you have new life. You've been encouraged by Christ. Go and encourage others. Go and encourage others. Now I realize that to do this for many of us, it's daunting. So I want to pause and pray. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. 
we're going to ask God, we're going to make this a prayer, we're going to sing that song, Lead Me to the Cross, and we're going to ask God for His grace, that we might be Tychicus. Where is Tychicus? He's here. He's here. He's the young people we heard this morning. He's David and the leaders that we have in the church. He's you. He's me. Where is Tychicus? Look around. It's the person next to you. Let's pray. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name to please Give us hope in this message that we would look to the ultimate Tychicus. We would look to the ultimate faithful minister. That's Christ, the only one who truly has been faithful. We would look to the only one who's truly beloved, your beloved son. We have become brothers and sisters of Christ because of your grace, because of your mercy. And we have faith because you gave us faith. And oh Lord, we look to Jesus. Who came from heaven to earth to encourage us, to take an interest in us, to strengthen us, to bless us. Oh, we need your blessing. Apart from you, we are cursed. But in you, we are blessed. May we then be agents of blessing to others. Oh God, forgive us for mouths that often spew curses. And Lord, not even bad words but curses and bitterness and cynicism and sarcasm and criticality and judgmentalism. Pride. Forgive us. Pour out your grace upon us. Lord, forgive us for being so selfish. We can't go across the street, much less across the Mediterranean, to take an interest in others. Oh God, that that, that we would, because we've been loved and encouraged, we would go and love and encourage with with the encouragement with which we've been encouraged in Christ. Raise up a church full of Tychicus, men and women who love you and love your body. And receive this prayer now as we stand to pray it to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand and let's close by singing this song as a prayer. Lead me to the cross. Well, if you look this way, I just want to bless you with Scripture. The last two verses of the book of Ephesians. If you are in Christ... This blessing is for you. And if if you are not in Christ, if you don't know Christ, if you're not alive, I'd want to challenge you right now from Scripture. I'd want to call you to repent of your sin, your rebellion against God. And and I'll just remain here for a bit afterwards. If you want to come for prayer, please come. And if you're with someone and you don't want to come alone, just come with them and I I will agree with you in prayer. Or you just might want to turn to the person with you and say, I want to repent and believe in Christ. It's God who gives you that life, not me. But I can call you to it because the Bible calls you to it. But if you are in Christ, then here's the blessing. Peace be to you, my brothers and sisters, and love and faith from God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I speak grace to you, dear church, Grace to you who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Amen.